otherwise my wife will throw them away. Don't touch my suits. Don't touch them. I've got a whole closet full for that one day. <clears throat> you know, and it's exciting. You know, some, you know, you, we dress up for funerals, and today we get to dress up because someone came out the grave. How many times do you get to do that? We dress up so much for when they go in. Let's dress up when they come out. Amen. I appreciate you all being here. All the new faces, new families. It's such an honor to have you with us, especially this day. Pray that you have already been touched uh, and and, uh, welcomed by our teams. And I want to take a moment on behalf of my wife and I to welcome you and thank you for coming to Anchor Faith Church on Easter Sunday. It's awesome to have you. And... uh, it's a blessing to be with you. I want to minister to you from Matthew chapter 8, Matthew chapter 8, and we're going to start with verse 5. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion, a centurion came to him. That, that's a military man. Uh, he is a Roman soldier that is over Roman soldiers, okay? So this is a military guy. All my military guys in the room, you can relate, uh, but that's who this is. So this is the government official. This is a military guy, and he, said, he comes to Jesus pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. No problem. Jesus did that all the time, right? But the centurion responds differently. He says, whoa, wait a minute. Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but simply speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under. Everyone say under. Under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. So he's recognizing, you know, I'm in charge. I've got guys under me that I'm responsible for. I'm in charge. I'm in charge of them. But for me to be in charge of them, somebody's in charge of me. Right? Like, I I can't. Rule until I'm submissive. I I can't rule until I first obey. Right? And so this is a military guy now, and he's relating to Jesus. He says, I'm just like you. I go preach everywhere. No, that's not what he says. I'm just like you. I, I pray to God all the time. No, that's not what he's saying. In fact, this guy's not even a covenant guy with God. That, he's not part of Israel. He's not part of God's covenant people. He's on the outskirts. He's on the outside. He's not even a part of this thing at first. The promise isn't to him. His problem is to Abraham's seed, okay? And so he, he's, he's on the outside of this thing. But he says, wait a minute. You and, you and I, we, we got something in common here. You and I, we're, we're alike uh, because you're in charge of stuff. I, I've, no, I've been watching you. I've been, I've been watching you. you. You talk to stuff. And when you say stuff, it listens to you. I mean, I saw you the other day. I saw you, and this, this demon-possessed man, he came right up to you. And, you know, everybody else is scared. Everybody else is running. And you just stood right there, and you said, come out of him. And it went. I saw that. I saw where you, you laid hands on that, that blind man. And all you said was, be healed. It's my will. Be healed. And he was, he was, see, I saw him. He was blind. I watched him with my own eyes. I saw him come to you and he was blind. He couldn't see anything. And you said, be healed. And he was healed. I watched that. But I I see something else. I see something else in you. Stuff listens to you. But I also noticed that you listen to someone else. We go on here, and, and, and Jesus responds and says, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel, in my own people, my covenant people. And I, I haven't even seen faith like this Roman centurion, this outsider is showing me. Never seen faith like that. Because this guy believes I don't even have to show. I mean, the guy's not even in the vicinity. I'm going to have to travel back to my servant. And he says, by the time I get back, he's going to be healed if he just speaks the word. That's what the centurion said. And Jesus is marveling. He's saying, I I can't believe this. Of all people, 
that believe in the authority and the power that I have. It's just Roman centurion. Because the Roman centurion tapped into something. He recognized something. He said, the reason stuff obeys you is because you're obeying something. And you need to get this today. Because we celebrate what this day is all about. We celebrate what this weekend is all about. And, and it's usually centered around a word called salvation. Do I have any saved, redeemed people in the house? And if you're shy of that, then Jesus is shy of you. You should have some uh, people that are expressive and say, yeah, I've been saved. And now, now, some of the, the ones that raise their hand quickly are usually the ones that know what they came out of. Dude, I was jacked up. If it wasn't for Jesus, I'd be in a pit somewhere. I'd be dead somewhere. I, my family would have left me. I wouldn't even know my kids. I mean, you, you know, go on the, down the list. You know, it, it's the ones that God has done the most for that seem to appreciate it the most. If we don't keep ourselves in remembrance. But thank God for salvation. Thank God that he went to that cross, paid the price that I should have paid. And that, that, was, that was due me. And he went and said, I'm going to sit in for you. You, you, you. you just sit out and I'm going to get all the blessings to you. I'm going to get the kingdom to you. I'm going to get the power to you. I'm gonna, you're going to get back into heaven. You're going to be in relationship and right standing with my father once again. I'm going on the cross. You just sit back and just receive what I have for you. Thank God for salvation. But this Roman centurion is tapped into something else that's beyond salvation. It's called lordship. This man comes to him and twice says, Lord, Lord. Lord is, is not a religious title. It has nothing to do with religion. It has nothing to do with church. I mean, they don't even have church yet. Right? I'm going to send Sherry didn't go to church this coming Sunday. He didn't go to church last Sunday and learn about, oh, yeah, Jesus is Lord. Okay, I'm going to go find him. I'm going to call him Lord. He's calling him Lord because he's recognizing I've got to submit to you if I want to see change in my life. If I want what you have, Jesus, I'm going to have to submit to you in the way that I'm able to receive what you have. Now, see, salvation, salvation is what Jesus did for you. But lordship is who he is. Lord. See, we, we don't even have an American term to relate it to. The closest thing I have is a landlord. If you've ever rented a property, you most likely had a landlord. And the lord or the landlord owned and controlled that property. But while you were living there, you got to operate it. You got to manage it. But you don't own it. Right? Like you can paint the walls. But you can't take the wall down unless you talk to somebody. Right? You can set the thermostat, but when the thermostat breaks, who are you going to? The landlord. Dude, AC, broke. Fix it. Not my problem. I'm going to a hotel. You call me when it's done. Why? Because they're the landlord. They own it. Thank God I have a Lord that owns everything. And when it breaks, I get to go to him and say, Hey, it's broke. Come fix it. My marriage is broke. Fix it. My body's broke. Fix it. You're the Lord. Now, I manage it. It's my, it's my uh, responsibility to take care of it. Right? If the grass is getting high, the landlord's going to come around and say, what you doing, bro? You living here. I put you in charge. This is your territory. But you ain't selling it. Right? That's the closest uh, identifier that I have for you of what a, a Lord is. But, but, but this, this centurion's tapped into something. Uh, he, he's Lord. He owns some stuff. And, and, and if I'm going to receive from him, I've got to submit to him. Because salvation is what Jesus did, but Lord is who he is. And a, a lot of believers have only accepted Jesus on the basis of salvation, not as Lord. In Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10, we all know what it says. If you confess Jesus as, does it say Savior? It does not say Savior. You have to believe that he saved you. But you confess Jesus as Lord. 
I confess. What, what you're doing in essence is, is, is and, and see, repentance isn't saying I'm sorry. Repentance isn't coming down here and boohooing and crying. It may be an emotional response, and, 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 and I'm sure many people in this room, it was an emotional moment when you recognize I'm being, I'm being brought out of darkness into light. I mean, I can't even hold it back. But there may be emotion involved, but that doesn't make Jesus Lord. It's how you get up and walk back and, and, and change your life according to his plan and purpose that determines that. I can receive salvation. See, salvation is when Jesus laid down his life for me. But lordship is when I lay lay down my life for him. Reciprocate the action. He gave me his, he gave me his life so I could put mine down and take up his. Chauncey, I don't have to live my life anymore. I don't have to live in brokenness and darkness anymore. I can take up he 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 that life that has been raised out of the grave, he's saying, now that same spirit I'm going to put inside of you, and now you can have access to everything I had access to. But you got to make me Lord. Got to make me Lord. The centurion's recognizing something. Watch this. His authority, Jesus' authority, is limited to his submission. His authority is limited to his submission. Now, for some of you, that may be a new term, authority. What does the Christian life have to do with authority? So let me quickly, very quickly, walk you through it. Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. I'm not even going to turn there. They've got it on the screen for you. Genesis uh, 1, verse 26 very clearly tells me that God said, let us make man, right, in his image. Come on, y'all know this. This is the beginning of the book. We've already got there. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. That means operation. That means function. That means you're not supposed to just look like me and just say, oh, yeah, I'm like God. But that you're actually supposed to operate like him. I talk like him. I walk like him. I react like him. I respond like him. Let them have, what's that word? Let's get everybody. Let them have dominion. Dominion means to rule. It means to manage. It means to reign. It means to control. Let them have dominion over what? Fish of the sea, over birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth. Everyone say all the earth. All the earth earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Pretty straightforward. Man has been given authority in the earth because God created the earth to be a physical representation of an invisible heaven. Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2 uh, are known as the perfect chapters, along with Revelation chapter 21 and Revelation chapter 22. The two uh, book-ending uh, 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 chapters of the Bible are known as the perfect chapters, right? And then we know that something enters in in Genesis chapter 3. And the devil wasn't after man. The devil wasn't after God. Devil wasn't after, he was after authority. He wanted that dominion. He wanted that control. How do I know that? Because he was in heaven. You know, the, the Lord showed me this. This is just amazing. Submission has always been an issue. And that's what we're talking about today. If I had to theme this out, it's the lordship of Jesus. Because I want people to know the real power of the resurrection. Right? Isn't that what Paul said? I want to know him and the power of his resurrection i want us to know the real power and it's more than getting you out of here up there more than that please don't live that life please don't live that baseline get in the door life there's more to it than leaving this place and getting to heaven I want you to access the blessings that he has for you. I want you to access the promises he has for you. I want you to access the the, the fruitfulness of life that he has for you. That does not come outside of submission. We have a perfect heaven. Right, James? Perfect heaven. Everyone would agree. It's perfect in heaven. I mean, we're all trying to get there, aren't we? It's perfect. Gold streets, no crying, no sickness. Everybody just dancing, having a good time. And God is there. That's the ultimate party. There's not even any night. I mean, it's just daytime all the time. And we have an angel 
rise up in pride. Submission. Right? You rise up in pride because you don't want to submit. You want to do you think you can do better, you think you can do more, or you want to be in charge. The created wants the creator to worship it. Now we get into a perfect garden. Perfect heaven. And we know Jesus said that uh, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Boy, you don't want to rise up against God. Pride goes before a fall, destruction. Example, Lucifer. Like lightning cast to the earth, man. And now here we have a serpent, a snake, showing up in Genesis chapter 3. He's more cunning, more tricky than any beast of the field, it tells us. Then he shows up to Eve, and what does he do? He questions God's word, because that's how you get people out of submission, is by questioning the authority. He says, did God really say you couldn't eat the fruit of the trees of the garden? Oh, oh, no, 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 no. no you, you've got it wrong, Mr. Devil. You've got it wrong, Mr. Mr. Snake, Sneaky Snake. you got it wrong. He said we couldn't eat of that one. That one right there. All these others are good. This one. Can't eat that one. Ah, oh, you won't surely die. Yeah. Well, it's pleasant to the eyes. Desirable to make one wise. Looks like it's good for food. And so she ate. So now, so far, we've got a perfect heaven. A problem with submission. Now I got a perfect garden, perfect planet. Problem with submission. I mean, we're running out of perfect stuff. I mean, you know, I love Genesis chapter one uh, or Genesis chapter three, verses one through you know about six. Before Eve eats the fruit, we've got. Watch this. We got God, Adam, Eve. And the devil. No problem. No problem. Right? I mean, let's just ask the question. If Adam and Eve had never eaten the fruit, where would we be today? Where would they be today? I have nothing in my Bible that tells me they would be anywhere else other than in this earth. Ruling and reigning and exercising their dominion and their management and their control over this earth. Just as Genesis chapter 1 and 2 and 3 tells me. Genesis chapter 2 tells me that the Lord God took man and placed him, put him in the garden. In the garden. So we've got a perfect heaven, submission problem. Perfect garden, submission problem. And now here in Matthew, we have a perfect man. Perfect heaven, perfect garden. God says, all right, we're going to give it another shot. Let me get a perfect man in the earth. See what he can do. Now, Adam was perfect. Adam knew no sin, but he became imperfect. So God said, I've got to find a way to get all this back. God was not trying to figure out how to get you out of the earth into heaven. That was not his plan. His plan was to find out how he could get his spirit back inside of you. You know, I used to make this statement, and many of you have heard me say it, and I've got to correct it, okay? I've always told you that all I care about is the Word of God. All I care about is truth. And if I preach something, and I recognize that it's not truth, I'll be the first to tell you, and I'll be the first to correct it. And I used to make this statement that according to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God removed and limited his access to the earth. Y'all remember me saying that? Why? Because God is a spirit. And he says, let man have dominion. Well, God is not a man. Therefore, he cannot have access. By his own words, he cannot access the earth. And so I've always said that he cannot access the earth. I have to change that. I have to make a revision, if you will. You are God's access to the earth. He put a plan in place. It's called man. When he created you, that's when he designed access for himself into the earth. 
He said, if I'm going to do anything in the earth, I've got to do it through man, right? So if I want the if if I want the Red Seas parted, I need a Moses. If I want Goliath killed, I need a David. If I need someone to 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 start up the church and and print and and uh, write two thirds of the New Testament, I need a Paul. And so now we get to Jesus, and God is saying, I've got to redeem mankind. I'm the only one that can, but I'm the only one that can't. It's quite a dilemma. Quite a bit of a head scratcher. So he said, well, I guess I'm going to have to find a way to get myself in flesh. Because I've only given dominion to flesh. If you do not have a flesh suit, you do not have dominion in the earth. Well, look at what the devil's doing. Look at all the stuff. That... Number one, he's doing it through man. Just like God uses man, the devil's using man. Number two, the devil is operating illegally. He's not doing it because he's allowed to. Just because you rob a bank doesn't mean you are allowed to. Well, let them go. I mean, no, it's illegal activity. We're seeing all the death. Hello. Pretty simple. So just because we're seeing all the death and the decay and the destruction in the earth doesn't mean that the devil's been given access. He, he was handed over authority by man, but now Jesus is getting that back. Amen. All right, so let's keep moving. So now we've got a perfect Jesus who is God in the flesh. He's 100% man, 100% God. And, and, and this centurion is recognizing the reason why stuff is listening to you is because you're listening to somebody else. How do I know that? John chapter 5. John chapter 5. John chapter 5 and verse 30. I can of myself do nothing. This is Jesus speaking. It's not read on the screen, but if you open your physical Bible, it's read. I can of myself do nothing as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my what? My own will. Jesus could have sought his own will. Jesus could have. Guys, recognize this. He can't make that statement if he couldn't physically seek his own will. Right? But he has a choice. I, I, I could do. I, I don't feel like ministering today. I'm tired. I'm thirsty. I've already sent my disciples into town, John chapter 4. But now here comes this Samaritan woman, and she's over here, and I ask her to give me a drink of water. And now she's you know, going on this conversation. Now the Lord's, you know, got my father's prompting me to minister. All right. Here we go. Go get your husband. He knows, he knows that's a loaded statement. Uh, uh, I don't have a husband. Been married five times. The one you're with now is number six. I know. I am the water that will never run dry. If you take a drink of me, right? How do I know this? Because the Bible tells me he was tired and weary from his travels. Jesus was man. Jesus was flesh. There were times that he didn't want to. But he did. Why? Because he submitted. He submitted. John chapter 6, verse 38. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Guys, look. God's not going to build your kingdom and his kingdom. Do we have competing agendas? Are we leading lives and living lives that are competing with God's will for our lives? And we cry out and we say, Lord, I want to know your will. Lord, I mean, some of you may have even come into the kingdom because some preacher preached hell and fire and brimstone so hard that you could feel your seat burning. You're like, I've got to get up out of here. I'm going to, make, I'm going to confess Jesus as Lord today. And maybe some of you came into the kingdom wanting God to take rid of all the bad stuff, right? God, I want to get rid of this addiction. God, I'm tired of looking at porn. God, I'm, I'm tired of drinking alcohol every night. God, I'm tired of talking like this to my wife. God, I'm tired of, of, of living for the world. I, I want you to take away all this stuff. But have you asked God to take away the stuff that maybe you do like? Mm. Or, or has the Lord shown up and said, hey, um... You know, that, that friendship you have, it's not helpful. It's not benefiting you. In fact, if you continue to stay in that relationship, it will pull you down further. But, Lord, they're my best friend. Yeah, I, I, need, you to, I need you to cut that off. 
Look, continue to be a light, continue to be a witness. But if you continue to engage in these conversations, they're making you worse. You're coming out worse, not better. Mm. See, we want to hand over all the junk, right? We come into the kingdom and say, all right, here's all my mess. But what about the stuff that we didn't know was a mess yet? What about the stuff that he's saying, uh, you don't need to listen to that kind of music. Oh, that's legalism. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. Hebrews Hebrews tells me, lay aside every sin and weight. Look, we may not all have the same weights, but we've all got weights. And your weight may not be my weight. And my weight may not be your weight. And sometimes it may just be for a season. God will do that, you know. You know, he'll, he'll speak up in your life and he said, for six months I want you to put this down. Quit drinking, quit going to Zacadoo's and getting a, a sweet tea. I just hit some toes. I mean, I went all in. All the way in. Valdosta, Georgia and Zacadoo's is like the temple. I understand you bow down and worship it. And the Lord says, you know what? I need you to put that down. I need to know how much you love me. I need to know how much you want to be with me. I need to know if I'm really Lord. And you don't know he's Lord until he messes with stuff you like to hold on to. Oh, I was going to put that down anyways, God. Well, then how do I know your heart? But until I start yanking on stuff that's a little, okay, now I know where you're at. You're willing to make that sacrifice? Good. Because sacrifice in the kingdom of God always precedes progress. God isn't asking you to give up something so he can take it away from you so you can have less. It's because he's trying to get something to you so you can have more. That's my king. That's my God. He's too good to leave me depraved. And, and you know, when, when, when that, when that uh, 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 rich young ruler, when the rich young ruler came to Jesus and he said, look, here's the one thing you haven't done. Go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor. He wasn't talking about uh, I need you poor and abased and sad and, and sorrowful and, you know, barely making it by uh, so that way I know you really love me. That's not what he's saying at all because you can, you can praise God when you're rich and you can praise God when you're poor. Paul said, I've learned to be happy in both. I've been there. I've been at the bottom. I've been at the top. But now he's trying to recognize, okay, you say you want to come follow me. Do you want to do every, is there anything standing between me and you? Right? Because there's a cross that's getting ready to be taken up. And you got to follow me to the cross, Peter. You got to follow me to the cross, John. You got to follow me to the cross, Matthew. You got to follow me to the cross, Thaddeus. You got to follow me to the cross, Judas. Is there anything in between me and you? That's what he's identifying. He's not asking you to go home and empty your refrigerator of all your Coke and all your sweet tea and, 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 and whatever. Listen to the Spirit. Listen to the Lord. But at some point, guys, he's going to tug on something that. And Jesus is saying the same thing. I didn't come down here to do my own agenda, my own purpose. John chapter 7, verse 16. Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory. God cannot consume those that are consumed with themselves. You're in... And this is the thing. We've all heard this term. How many of you would like to invite Jesus into your life today? Well, I wonder how many of us have invited Jesus but have not involved Jesus. Like, is he included in your life? Is he given access? Is he the one that you call out to? Come on, we're hitting stuff today, but this is real. We call out to when we need something, but we we leave him alone when we don't, when everything is good, right? Is he the one that he's shoved, you know, 15 minutes at the end of the day when we go to pray with our children and that's what we consider, oh, I prayed today? Come on. Is he Lord? Is the question. Maybe there's some things I'm missing out on in life because I've accepted what he did, but I haven't accepted who he is. Could it be? Even Jesus didn't live his life the way he wanted to live it. But your level of authority, remember that dominion, remember that management, remember that control? Your level of authority will never exceed your level of submission. Never. Never. 
You can't control stuff that controls you. Today's the day addictions are broken. Today's the day you get past all the stuff that you, you've been hitting that wall. You've been hitting that wall. And today's the day you say, no more. It will not control me any longer. Today's the day. Freedom. Deliverance. You say, well, I can't put it down by myself. It's too hard. I know. And so did Jesus. And that's why before he left, he said, guess what, guys? This is awesome. I'm going to heaven, man, and you're going to be seated with me, and I'm going to give you keys to the kingdom. But guess what? Guess, man, you're not going to believe this is awesome. It's to your advantage that I go because I get to send you my Holy Spirit. And the first time he introduces the Holy Spirit, he uses a word that indicates to me I need some help. He calls him my helper. Woo! He's my helper. Tell God, God, I can't put that down by myself. And he's going to respond and say, I know. Yes. I got my spirit in you. And he's your helper. He's your standby. He's your advocate. He's right there. Lean on him. Lean on the Holy Spirit. Rely on him. Depend on him. Yield to him. He'll help you. He'll help you. He didn't say church is your helper. He didn't say your pastor is your helper. He didn't say your best, uh, most godly buddy is your helper. He said the Holy Spirit. Now, you need all those other things. You need godly relationships. You need pastors. You need churches. But we need to yield to the Holy Spirit. He's your helper. Man, go ahead and smile, man. You don't have to do it by yourself. That should, make, that should make you happy right there. If nothing else I says makes you happy, you should walk out of here, bust that door wide open. I don't got to do it by myself. Get in your car, drive on down the road. I don't got to do it by myself. Go to Easter lunch and sit there and eat. Man, I don't got to do it by myself. Go back home and get your little Easter nap and wake up. and oh, I don't got to do it by myself. Wake up tomorrow morning, Monday morning, driving to that nasty job that you hate that takes up all your time. And, and with smiles on your face, I don't got to do it by myself. Walk in the office and everybody's like, what in the world are you smiling for, man? It's a mundane Monday. Don't you know what today is? You're not supposed to be that happy. And you just look at them and say, I don't got to do it by myself. I got the Holy Spirit, man. He's going to help me. I got help today. I want to punch you in your mouth right now, but I got a helper. Can we be real? I want to cuss you up and down. Oh, you tell the boss that? You told the boss I did that? I don't tell the boss. But I got a helper. I can put it down. Mm, I want to watch some NBA postseason, but the Lord's saying I need to be in his word just for about half an hour so I can I can put down NBA, even though I love it, even though I can't get enough of it, even though I got to see the LeBron James do his thing. But I'm going to put it down. I'm going to read the word. Why? Because I've got a helper. I don't got to do it. You ought to walk out of here saying I don't got to do it by myself. And Chase, I don't care if that is uh, accurate English wise or what. I don't got to do it by myself. Look what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Look what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. We're going to get some freedom in this place today. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. In this manner, therefore, pray. We've all heard this prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Verse 10. Your kingdom come. Your will, your will, your, your, your be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not your will be done when I get to heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, what does that mean, your kingdom come? What does that mean, your will be done? That means I strip myself of everything that is me and I submit to everything that is you. Your kingdom means your rule. It means your reign. It means your agenda. It means your way of doing things. 
means your purpose. When we say your kingdom come, guys, this is, this, is the, this is the prayer that everybody, I mean, you don't even have to be a Christian to know this prayer. And Jesus is saying every believer, every Christian on this planet should be praying your agenda, your purpose, your rule, your reign. Not in the future, now, right now, here and now. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But the kingdom comes through you. Doesn't come without you. Comes through your life. How? When I submit to his kingdom. When I submit to his rule. When I submit to his way of doing things. When I say, Lord, that's not how I would do it, but I'm going to submit. Why? Because many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. I'm going to lay down everything that is of me, and I'm taking on everything that is of you. Worship team, if you come. While they're coming, I want you to look at the screens. Colossians chapter 1, verse 10. I say look at the screens because I'm going to read it to you in the Amplified. And unless you're on your little smartphone or whatever, unless you carry around an Amplified Bible with you, I don't know, maybe you do. But I want to read it to you in the Amplified. Look what he says here. So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, displaying admirable character, moral courage, personal integrity, to fully please him, please him in all things. To fully please. You know, guys, we we have made an error when it comes to God's love. I thank God for his love. His love covers a multitude of sins. His love has has taken my sin and moved it as far as the east is from the west. I thank God for his love in my life. But I want you to understand, you know, we we say, you know, uh, know, thank God for his love. There's nothing that I could do that, that would ever make him not love me, right? Isn't that true? No, there's nothing I could ever do. Even when I'm at my worst, even when I'm at the bottom, he still loves me. Guys, I got news for you today. You can't do anything to make him not love you because you couldn't do anything to make him love you. I said last week by the Spirit, I said, all you have to do to receive God's love is exist. The second you were born into this world, he said, I'll love you. Man, do I have a purpose and a destiny. So guys, our goal in life shouldn't be to earn God's love. And we shouldn't live our lives based on whether he loves us or not. This verse tells us I need to get beyond love and into pleasing him. Right? I said last week, you know, my son, Camden could never do anything that would make me not love him. Never. I don't care if he did the worst thing. I don't care if he's incarcerated. I don't care what happens. I will always love him. But does he always please me? She knows. No. I want him to be pleased, fully pleased to him, desiring to please him in all things, bearing fruit in every good work, and steadily growing and increasing in and by the knowledge of God with fuller and deeper and clearer insight, acquaintance, and recognition. That's what the Word says. This is our charge. This is what we're going after. Not to just earn God's love, but to be pleasing so I could be acquainted with Him and recognize Him and know Him deeper and fuller. We pray that you may be invigorated and strengthened with all power according to the might of His glory to exercise every kind of endurance and patience, perseverance and forbearance with what? Joy. We should be the most joyful. We should be the most passionate. We should be the most excited. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us qualified us, fit to share the portion which is the inheritance of the saints, God's holy people in the light. The Father has delivered. 
The Father has delivered us and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness. Guys, we've been brought out. You're not bound. You're not under the control and the dominion of the devil any longer. And has transferred us into the kingdom. Last verse, Matthew 26, 39. I want your pursuit to be different today. I want your goals to be different today. I want the power to be revealed in your life today. Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, it says... He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. I, I don't know what your Bible has in my New King James. The, the top of this section says, The prayer in the garden. The prayer in the garden prayer in the garden. Because where Adam lost the dominion, Jesus went back to the garden and said, I'm getting it back. See, in Genesis chapter 3, the garden was a place where authority was lost. And in Matthew chapter 26, the garden is a place where authority is bought back, brought back from heaven to the earth. What Adam lost in the garden, Jesus got back in the garden. Come on, somebody. The garden, the garden, the garden. Adam lost it by disobeying. And Jesus says, I'm going back to the garden. And what does he say? If it is possible, let this cup pass from me. But thank God he made this statement. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Oh, man. Adam lost it by disobeying in the garden. But Jesus got it back by obeying his father in the garden. In the garden. From garden to garden. Watch this. Watch this. I believe that prayer, not as I will, but as you will. Perfect heaven. Failure. Perfect garden. Failure. Perfect man. Somebody got it right. Somebody got it right. He's got on his knees. He surrendered. Said not, not as I will, not as I, not as what, not what I want, not what I feel, not what makes me happy, not what makes me comfortable, not what makes not feel, not what's convenient. Oh, it wasn't comfortable. Oh, it wasn't convenient. Torment, torture, beyond mental comprehension. Never seen anything like. It. Never known anything like. It. Oh, the price that he knew he was going to pay. Laid down his will. He said, he said, on on my knees with with drops of blood dripping from his forehead. They haven't even started the the torment process and he's already getting a picture and a glimpse of what it's going to look like because even in the garden as he's sweating, drops of blood are coming off of his brow. Right there, that would have been enough for me. And he said, on my knees. On my knees. On my knees, I surrender. Got it? Come on. Just close your eyes for a moment. Close your eyes for a moment. Close your eyes for a moment. 
We're not going to be much longer. Just close your eyes for a moment. Jesus could lay down his life. He had to lay down his will. Before he laid down his life in action, physically, he had to lay down his will in his heart, in the spirit. Now guys, today I am not talking about behavior reconfiguration not what God's looking for. God's not looking for different actions out of you this week. God's not looking for uh, different conversations and and different talk only. Because imagine if Jesus would have said, well, it's not really what I want to do, but I guess I'll do it anyways. Guys, I can tell you right now, he would not have gotten out of that grave three days later. turning back. I'm not going back. I'm laying my will down and now I'm going to lay my life down. You lay your will down before you lay your life down. Don't go, don't walk out of this building. I'll do a better job talking to my wife. Uh, I, I won't cuss anymore. Okay, I won't drink that anymore. Okay, I won't get on the internet and look at that. Now that's not what he's looking for. That's called compliance. God is looking for submission. Just because you comply doesn't mean you're submitted. But because he laid down his will, I can lay down my will. Is it hard? Sure. Does it mean I'm going to get it right all the time? No. Does it mean I'm perfect and never going to blow it? No. But I've got a new goal in life. I've got a new path in life. I've got a new purpose in life. I've got a new destiny in life. And I've got a helper. I don't got to do it by myself. Just as the Holy Spirit raised him up, that same Spirit lives inside of me. The Bible tells me, the Bible tells me, ushers, get ready if you go ahead and come down. The Bible tells me that he was raised up, seated with the right hand of the Father, and now I have been raised up with him. But let me tell you something today, church. Let me tell you something today. You don't rise up until you bow down. Pride goes before a fall. You can either bow down or you can fall down. The choice is yours. Because the Bible also tells me one day, every, oh man, you can either go down on the knee on your own or he'll put you on the knee. One way or the other, he's Lord and you will submit. One day every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Savior. That's not what it says. Jesus is Lord. Stand up with me. Stand up with me. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. We're going to take communion as a family. Why? 
Because holidays are about remembrance, right? So if we're going to remember, we might as well do the thing that Jesus told us to remember. And he said, in remembrance of me, we're going to remember. We're going to remember. This section, this half of this section, you come here. This half of this section and this group, you come here. Go ahead and grab your cup, turn to your seat. We'll take communion. tells us that this bread represents Christ's body. It's broken. It's beaten. It spit upon that body. It punched that body. It ripped his beard out. It stripes on his back. Left his bones, muscle tissue, and even his organs exposed. Should have killed him. But that body was broken. So you can be redeemed and restored, not just spiritually, in my body as well. So Father, we thank you right now that the body was broken, the blood was shed. Not just for the remission of our sins, not just our spiritual state, but our physical state. We thank you for the healing. We thank you for the provision in our bodies. It's been made available through your son, Jesus. And we now take and we eat in Jesus' name. Go ahead. different because of this blood covers wipes away makes me whole again new creation new creature in Christ sins are removed as far as the east is from the west God doesn't remember it so why do you let it go the blood washes us and makes us new father we thank you for this blood that makes all things do we thank you that the blood was shed through your hands, through your feet, through your sides, through your back, the blood came pouring out of your body so that we would not have to live under the dominion and the control of sin any longer. But now we have been given dominion and control in the earth once again. We thank you for the blood as we take and drink. Go ahead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give you glory and praise today, Father. For all that you have done, past tense, all that you are doing, present tense, and all that you're going to do. Father, I thank you for every heart in this place. We walk out of here recognizing 
that we've got to lay down our will if we can take on your will. We've got to lay down our purpose so we can take on your purpose. We're done trying to build our kingdom. We're done trying to to push our agenda. We want to know you and the power of your resurrection, and we want to live in freedom and liberty that this day represents. The same spirit, just as he is, so are we in this world. We give you glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated real quick. Hallelujah. Ushers, if you can prepare to receive the offering. If you need an offering envelope, please raise your hand real high. Ushers will get one to you. Keep your hand up till they get to you. It should be the easiest action to give back to a God that has given our, given us everything. I mean, what in the, what are you going to hold back, really? What could you hold back? He's given us everything. Man, it should be easy to give. This should be the most natural part of the service for every believer, is giving. You should come in, you know, if I didn't take up the offering, would you come run me down and say, Pastor, you've got to take up my offering? I would hope so. He doesn't need your money. He needs your heart. He needs your will. Hallelujah. So let's receive this offering. Father, we thank you for all the promises and blessings that you have given to us, your children. We thank you, Father, that your kingdom is come and will is being done in and through our lives. We thank you right now for your blessing and favor upon our finances. I thank you, Father, that at this church, every need is met. Father, every bill is paid on time. Father, I thank you that we are above and not beneath the head and not the tail. I thank you that we are not only able to be a place where people can sow into, but we can in turn sow back into our community, sow back into the lives that you have brought us here to change. And Father, we give you glory and praise for all that you're doing in and through our lives. I thank you for every obedient heart that's honoring your word, and that you will perform your word to them. It will not return void. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. As ushers are moving, let me just make a a couple of announcements that I actually remember. Uh, Parents, uh, if you have an elementary child, today is the very last day that we can receive payment and a permission slip for our Sky Zone trip coming up this Saturday. We're going to take them down to Tallahassee. um, And all the information is on the permission slip, $35 per child. That includes all the jumping. That includes food. includes a T-shirt that we're getting to them. Uh, So make sure you get your child signed up. It's going to be a blast. We're going to have a great time with that. We've got a mom squad coming up for all of our stay-at-home moms. If uh, uh, you are a stay-at-home mom, got young children at home, we love getting together, fellowshipping, encouraging one another, and the kids have a blast too. I believe you're going to Grassy Pond on the 21st, which is this Friday. Uh, So get with Pastor Crystal. We've got information cards next door at check-in and check-out. You can get more information there as well. Uh, They're going to have a great time with that. Um, uh, What? Caller blessed. Yes, a big one. Guys, or I should say ladies, ladies, on May 5th, Friday, May 5th, we're going to have a ladies' night right here in the church. We're going to have worship. My wife's going to teach. It's going to be a great time. I'm sure you're going to have snacks and games. You are now. You are now. You better have snacks and games. You're going to have snacks and games, and I better not say anything else, uh, but but y'all are going to have a blast. Make sure that you are not just a part of the church on Sundays and Wednesdays, guys. The church is an ongoing thing, ongoing, hanging out, fellowshipping, blessing one another, encouraging one another. So take part in these things, your children, you yourselves, uh, but ladies, take note of that. Friday, May 5th, ladies night, it's going to be a blessing. To y'all. I'm sure there's other stuff that I haven't said yet. Hey, Anchor Faith Church, St. Augustine's got a new worship album that just got released this past week. Get it? Why would you not? $4.95, come on. You gotta spend, you probably spent more than that in coffee this morning. $4.95. Get it, share it, share it with people, tell people about it. It will bless you. We were uh, doing one of the songs here just now, but that album will absolutely bless your life. A lot of hard work, a lot of investment went into it. Uh, Pastor Marcus and their team just did a phenomenal job getting it out. So you want to make sure you get on there and get it. Amen. We love y'all. Have a wonderful rest of your Resurrection Sunday. Young adults, I know y'all are getting ready to go hang out and have a wonderful time at the Ellenbergs. Uh, So have a blessed time. Family, friends, 
Easter lunch, dinner, naps, whatever you do, be blessed. We'll see you back here Wednesday night, midweek service, 7 p.m. Don't miss out.